I know firsthand how exhausting it can be to manage all the tasks in my reselling business, like listing, bookkeeping, and more, but I've found a solution that has given me back my time and allowed me to grow my business, hiring a virtual assistant. And now I want to share that solution with you. That's why I've created an online course called Hiring a Virtual Assistant for Your Reselling Business. With this course, you'll learn everything you need to know to find, train, and manage a virtual assistant like a pro. And because I want to make this course accessible to everyone, I'm offering a special coupon code, Flip the Script, that gives you $10 off at checkout. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your reselling business to the next level. Sign up now at hiringava.com and let's enjoy the freedom and fun of growing our businesses together. Again, you can sign up at hiringava.com. Welcome to the Flip the Script podcast. I'm your host, Denali, and I'm a full-time reseller on eBay and Poshmark. My store and closet name is El Ducho, E-L-D-U-C-H-O. You can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube as El Ducho Thrift. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing a reseller that I know very well and I've spoken with before, and her name is Savannah. You can find Savannah on Instagram under the username Street Savvy, and all of that information will be in the show notes for you. Savannah is a full-time reseller based in Denver, Colorado. Back in November 2019, I interviewed Savannah for the podcast, but since then, her life and business have undergone significant transformations. She became pregnant and had a child, she moved into a new house, and her business shifted from reselling clothes to sourcing and selling on Amazon, yielding both personal and financial success. However, as Savannah continues to evolve, she's now returning to her roots, refocusing her business on selling pre-owned clothing on eBay. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Savannah. Thanks for being on the podcast again with me. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be back. It's been a while. Oh, I'm so excited to have you back. It's crazy. I was just listening to our episode that we recorded back on November 3rd, 2019, which oh gosh. I know that was, all, I mean, it was three over, and a half years ago. Yeah. I'm like over three years. <laughs> That's wild. Do you feel like that, like these past three and a half years, I mean, if somebody had told you it had been five or 10 years, do you feel like it would have all felt the same? Like it's just Uh, been so long ago. Well, like so much has happened in the last three and a half years that it literally feels like a lifetime. So yeah, I mean, before we talked, it was like pre, pre COVID, pre, pre me having a baby, like yes, life pre you having a new house. Oh yeah. Pre house. Like that wasn't even a, a thought at that point. And also in the midst of all that, your business has changed a lot during that time. So, okay. When I was listening to the episode this morning, I kind of took a couple of notes to kind of lead me into my first question. So a few things just to run you through or run down memory lane with you. When we last spoke in 2019, you had told me that you had a lister in your business who was helping you draft listings, take photographs. Uh, stuff like that. You told me that you were selling on 
eBay primarily, you said it was about 80% of your business and Poshmark then would have been the other 20% and you were not really listing on any other platforms at that time. In regards to sourcing, you were driving about an hour and a half each way. So about three hours round trip to the Goodwill outlet a few times a week, maybe less than that, plus or minus. Mm -hmm. And also at that time, your husband had begun working with you in your business, doing a lot of the customer service, shipping activities like that. And then, oh, another point was we did talk about Amazon briefly. You told me that you did have an FBA account, but that you hadn't really done much with it, or you were casually sending stuff in, but you just felt like you hadn't done enough research into what FBA really was or how it could benefit you. And lastly, the the thing that you mentioned to me about maybe some of the weaknesses in your business or things that you struggled with at that time was lack of organization and also struggling with time management. So (laughs) I I say, I know, right. It's kind of a lot. I say all those things to kind of, you know, lead you into my first question, which is in these past three and a half years, Savannah, how has your business and life changed since? I know it's a big question, so feel free to lay it all out for us. Okay. It's kind of crazy. My life, it's changed a lot, but it's almost kind of like come full circle because when I talked to you in 2019, eBay was, yeah, the biggest part of our business and going into 2020, it kind of transitioned into Amazon being the biggest part of our business for a couple of years. And now we're kind of getting out of the Amazon game. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of like coming full circle. Like we're getting more back into eBay again. And I say weeks, my husband is still helping with the business. Um, he still does all the logistics, inventory, shipping, customer service. He does have a seasonal tax job, but it's four months a year during tax mm-hmm. season. So that's over now. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. We, we transitioned into Amazon for like the last two and a half two and a half years, we were going pretty hard on Amazon Just with like the recent changes in the economy. And I don't know, it's just not, I don't feel comfortable spending that much money on inventory anymore, which is what Mm -hmm. it really comes down to that. I don't have a guaranteed return on and yeah, the economy has changed a lot in the last, like the last three and a half years, like we had a whole pandemic, like, you know, <laughs> um, inflation's a little high and crazy, <laughs> you know, in thinking, right. Cause we, we talked in November of 2019 and little did we know that about four or five months later, our lives and businesses were going to change significantly. You know, you mentioned that you got into Amazon during this time period. So what, when we think back to the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020, what was the lead up to when you decided I'm going to maybe put reselling clothing on the back burner and pursue Amazon? And what led you into that? And what did the journey look like? Well, the main thing that led me into it is the fact that the Goodwill outlet was closed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a great reason. (laughs) Well, everything was closed. Everything was closed for months. And um, another big life change. Right after we recorded that podcast, I found out I was pregnant with my son, Asher. Mm -hmm. So obviously being pregnant and uh, having a child changes a lot of things too. So 
I was really motivated to get Amazon moving and kind of working for me and sending inventory to them and, you know, having stuff sell, you know, while I was taking care of a baby. Yeah. The whole, but the whole change in uh, staying home. And I guess it was kind of a little bit after the pandemic started that we really started hitting Amazon hard. So I wouldn't say it was like when it first started, like we weren't the ones selling, you know, hand sanitizer or any of that. We didn't do any of that probably like the summer after, or like, I guess still during, still during the pandemic that we really got into Amazon, but, but yeah, I just kind of had a little bit of a, uh, there's a little bit of a wake up call when your main source of income is not taken away, but you know, I couldn't source inventory for it. Like I could before. And, um, I did buy a pallet at that time. So that did help us, you, you know, the pallets during the pandemic, the wholesale pallets were really good. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I we did end up getting one pallet while I was pregnant, which helps fund or source our uh our eBay listings for that time being while the Goodwill outlet was closed, but but yeah, I think it was just kind of a wake up call to not put my eggs all in one basket when that happens and I was like, well, we need to pivot into something else too and just at least see what we can do on Amazon. And so um I ended up joining a group Uh, Amazon group on Facebook. I think it was like that following fall of 2020. And yeah, that really helped kickstart my, uh, my Amazon journey. I also took uh, Cindy and Monica, but I love them both. I took their uh, Amazon course, their beginning Amazon course. And that really helped me get started with my Amazon business because I really had no idea what the heck I was doing. (laughs) So learning the basics from them and having their guidance really helped me get started. But that whole year was just kind of a whirlwind, having a baby, having a pandemic, changing up the business, changing up sourcing strategies. It all is honestly kind of a blurb. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it is for everyone. I'm like the year of 2020, like what happened? (sighs) Yeah, no, I I totally get it. I mean, in addition two, you were pregnant and a new mom. I mean, that just makes life a blur in general. So I I definitely relate to that. You know, you said that your outlet stores closed, right? I mean, everybody's stores were closed. So that makes sense. You know, did you have any sort of death pile? Were you somebody who kept a death pile ever? Did that come in (laughs) handy for you? Oh yeah. And I used to always get crap for it that I had a death pile. Okay. Well, actually the reason I had such a, a big death pile at that time is because I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so I was just, you know, impending the birth of Asher and that I would not be going to the Goodwill outlet anyways, for at least a couple months while he was a newborn and stuff. And so the beginning of 2020, I had already kind of started stockpiling some stuff just for my maternity leave, I guess you could say. <laughs> just so I had stuff to list like while I was home. And so it kind of worked out because I did have a decent death pile when the pandemic started that I could kind of pick from, but I probably two months of sourcing from my own death pile. And then I was kind of out of inventory and that's when we bought the pallet, which ended up being a great buy. I mean, that's actually, that's the only pallet we've ever bought though. We like, we don't do a lot of wholesale like that. I kind of want to start getting back into it now that we're going heavy into eBay again, but it's, it's, I mean, you've, you've shopped out here and I know you have great Goodwill outlets out in Washington too. Like they're great out there too, but the Denver outlet, you can go there for a day and you can get 
hundreds of pounds of stuff and it's just it's just been good to us yeah no I get it yeah and I'm wondering you know you said you only ever purchased that one pallet I I mean there could be some obvious answers in here I'm just curious why there was only ever one you know I mean I guess maybe an obvious answer would be you know you're pregnant or the baby came or you went the price the prices of pallets like during the pandemic were really good I wish I would have bought more honestly during that time I don't know if it's just because of because of the pandemic or because stores started opening up again or what but the price of wholesale pallets really started going up (laughs) Mm -hmm. like I would say at least double like what I paid for my first pallet and I just wasn't comfortable spending that much while I also was busy as a new mom and, and I was also going heavy into Amazon. So I kind of was like, do I have the time to, you know, I don't know. But now that, now that eBay is our main focus again, it's something that I would, uh, I would definitely be more interested in because I know I have the ability to get it all listed and hopefully flip it quickly. But eBay was just kind of, I don't know, it wasn't our main focus for like the last two two two-ish years two and a half yeah so yeah so let's talk about Amazon because you mentioned that you know you started becoming interested in it kind of in summer and fall of 2020 and you joined this Facebook group and then you also took an Amazon course now when people think about courses it's like okay well what are you gonna learn I'm wondering like what did you learn in the course that I guess when we look back to 2019 and at that time you said, I guess I'm not doing it right. Or I don't know how to do FBA. What do you feel like you learned or took from the course that really propelled you? Honestly, the biggest help for me is I just didn't understand how to get ungated in different categories and brands, which Mm -hmm. on Amazon is big because when you first start on Amazon, I think you can sell in the one or two categories. I know for sure you can sell books. All the other categories for the most part are what they call gated. So you have to buy wholesale inventory or a small, small order from a wholesale distributor to get ungated in that category. And say, if you want to sell Legos or Squishmallows or whatever, you also have to have an order from a wholesale company that you can submit to Amazon that has those brands on it. So getting ungated, first of all, Starting an Amazon account and getting ungated is probably the most expensive part of uh, starting your Amazon journey because obviously you have to buy a little bit of inventory to do that. But the upside is you end up usually making most of that money back because you can just sell that inventory on Amazon once you get it. But that was my biggest hurdle because once I opened my Amazon account, I'm like, okay, this is fun, but what what can I sell? Like every you'd you'd scan stuff in the store and find something profitable. And you're like, well, I cannot sell that. I'm gated. So what do I do now? So their course really helped me just like get my Amazon account started. <laughs> like it was started for the year before that, but it wasn't really because I could could sell barely anything. But yeah, learning how to get ungated and how to sell in multiple different categories, that that was a big uh big game changer because it opened a lot of doors to what I could actually sell. <laughs> I mean, how, if you're comfortable talking about it, how did it differ financially from eBay? 
<laughs> we <laughs> I'd say like it it differed a lot but also I mean our our best months on Amazon like we I don't think we'll ever see those numbers on eBay like mm-hmm. I think I think one of our best months on Amazon we did like forty thousand dollars or something in a month wow but also the profit margins are a lot smaller <laughs> than what like I mean you can't beat the profit margins on thrifted clothing you you just can't I mean finding something for like a dollar at the bins and selling it for even 20 like those margins are you will never see that on Amazon so that's something I had to get I guess get comfortable with but mm-hmm. is the, that you need to spend money to make money on Amazon and a lot more money than I was used to for sure but once I'd find a product that actually was, you know, I guess this is how eBay and Amazon also differ is the sales on Amazon can be so instant. Like if you find a hot product and you, you list it while you're in the store, it can sell before you leave the store. Oh, so wow. seeing that instant, the instant gratification, I guess was very encouraging. And I mean, literally all it takes is a couple products that are really hot or in demand or went viral on TikTok or whatnot. And that's what I'd be doing is I'd be seeing, seeing a hot product and uh, literally going to every Walgreens or every Walmart or whatever and buying all the ones I could find and they'd be selling like the same day. And yeah, in the beginning, we really focused more on like merchant fulfilled. We didn't send a lot of stuff to Amazon FBA. So we were shipping stuff ourselves just because I was more comfortable with that. Cause the fees, the fees are lower. And if God forbid, we like had a bad buy, we could like go return it to the store. Which I usually mm. was too embarrassed to do, but, <laughs> um, but I did and notoriously. I had one really bad buy that I still like laugh at myself to this day. It was like Valentine's day of 2021. And I, I got a bunch of those little mini waffle irons that were heart-shaped and I was like <laughs> I was like these are gonna fly like this is, <laughs> I was like this is it like this is gonna be the hot product for Valentine's Day I don't know why I thought that but I ended up buying probably 50 of them from our local Walmart and I had to do what they call the walk of shame <laughs> oh no with like at least 30 of those waffle irons and had to go return them and I felt so horrible and like oh no honestly that's probably the only <laughs> the only big Amazon return I've ever done. Cause usually I'll just eat the loss and be like, whatever. It was a bad buy. I mean, do the employees know that like, do oh, they have they some know. idea uh, that no, this know. was like for resale? <laughs> yeah. They, they know when you, when you check out with a bunch of one product, like they know what you're doing. Got um, it. Are you tired of spending hours sharing and sending offers to likers? Introducing Posher VA, the web program that will save you time and increase your sales. With Posher VA, you can automatically share your closet, send offers to likers, and schedule your share times all with just a few clicks. Using code ELDUCHO, you can try Posher VA for two weeks for free, no credit card required. Posher VA is not just another program, it is your program. Say goodbye to manual sharing and hello to even more time in your business. Try Posher VA today using code ELDUCHO, E-L-D-U-C-H-O. Did you ever get like other customers in the store who would give you dirty looks or anything like that? 
Yeah, when we started selling squishmallows, we <laughs> the squishmallow people, they are like the beanie baby people of the 90s. And uh they'll give you some looks if you're if you're getting all I remember one time I went to uh, our local grocery store because they had released the Easter squishmallows. And I was there that morning and I had got a bunch of the ones that were sought after because I just happened to get there when they released them. It was kind of just luck, but I ended up buying a lot, <laughs> a lot of them. And <laughs> I went back later that day just to see if they had put out more. And there was this lady <laughs> next to me and she's like, someone came this morning and grabbed all the cows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like, I can't believe people do that. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Me either. Who does that? I'm like, oh god, that was me. <laughs> but oh yeah, for, for the most part, actually, like honestly, I've had a lot more people that are like impressed and like kind of curious. They're like, where's all that selling? And I'm just like, my husband and I sell on Amazon. They're like, oh, how do you do that? Like, do you mm. you send it to like just asking a lot of questions? Because I I feel like like nowadays, especially people are always kind of looking for a little side hustle. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, for the most part, like I've had a lot of people that are, especially if I'm out shopping with Asher, they're like, you go like (laughs) with a baby. Right. Mama's got to make money. So you mentioned that, you know, kind of keeping your ear to the ground on like trends and products that were going to be popular, you know, that was a question I had, and maybe you can expand on it is, you know, how were you or how do Amazon sellers learn new brands how do you become aware of what's going to be a hot item or what currently is a hot item Ooh, that's hard honestly I got a lot of my leads from TikTok like I I sold a lot of like health and beauty like there'd be a lot of makeup items that would go viral on TikTok that everyone wanted to try and I remember like one of the first ones was Oh, it was like that L'Oreal. It was like that powder that turned into almost like a foundation on your face. Mm -hmm. It was like super popular. I don't remember what the exact, exact line was, but, but yeah, there would be certain products that like an influencer, I would say like most of my stuff came from TikTok. Yeah. There'd be a couple different beauty influencers that would share a product and instantly everyone wanted it. And (laughs) the second they shared it, I was going to every store I could to go find it. Yeah, I got a lot of my stuff from TikTok, but that's something I've kind of struggled with now is I, I don't know, I, I don't find as many of my leads from there. And I guess maybe I kind of shot myself in the foot with that, but yeah, that I kind of, that's why, I don't know, we're kind of shying away from Amazon a little. Is it something that, I mean, did you have other friends who sold on Amazon? Is it like, do you share oh, information? Yeah. Well, I was- I was in an Amazon group on Instagram that was, it was pretty small. So people would be sharing leads in there. This is an Amazon Bolo. If anyone's listening is Sriracha. (laughs) Like Sriracha has had a huge shortage ever since the pandemic. And you can go sell it on Amazon for five times, probably what you're going to pay for it. It's just like random stuff like that. But, but yeah, keeping on top of, uh, keeping on top of the shortages and what's trending is definitely it's the most difficult part I'd say that's why we're kind of kind of a little burnt out on it right now <laughs> yeah well yeah. it's funny that you say this for Racha because my husband just said to me like a week or two ago he went to the store because we were out of Racha at home and you know he knew we needed some more and he came home empty-handed he said 
they there's no sriracha there and I I didn't I, I knew that at some period in time during the pandemic there was maybe a shortage did I know it still existed to this day no so that's surprising to hear so yeah, yeah I guess that's a good tip if anybody had been stocking up for years now's your time to cash now, in on this sriracha market your time to shine now's your time to shine exactly <laughs> okay so you know in thinking just generally over the past three and a half years like we said you you know, you've had a baby, you've moved into a new home, you changed up your business model for a period in time, you know, you're coming back to eBay now. You know, at the time when we last spoke, the the place that you were living in, you had told me about a really great basement that you had to store all of your, you know, reselling in. Since you've moved into your home, has that situation changed you know, do you have a basement to keep all your stuff in? Where are you keeping your reselling business now in in your home life? I wish we had a basement. <laughs> Adding a basement to this house was very expensive. And we, okay, we have a very, very large garage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we store our inventory. It's fully insulated. We will never park in that garage. I don't think ever. <laughs> <laughs> our, our cars permanently live outside. But that's where all of our stuff is. It's like a two-car, well, they call it a tandem garage. So it goes uh-huh. really far back on one side. Oh, nice. And it almost, like, it has super tall ceilings in there, probably like 20 feet. So, like, my dream oh, wow. is to literally have, like, warehouse shelving yeah. in, in that area. But for now, it's just, yeah, we got stackable, stackable Costco tubs, and that's doing the job. But, yeah, I do miss having a basement sometimes, but... No, the garage does the trick. We have an we have enough space in other areas of the house now that it's worth not having the basement. But I do miss that basement sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm wondering, you know, during that time because I know that you custom built your home at that time when you guys were building it. Did you have a thought because you were doing Amazon? Did you think, oh, like we don't need as much storage space because we're not storing as much product you know like for clothing reselling yeah, obviously kind, you actually, have yeah that actually kind of was a thought because I mean our our inventory even now like we're ch- obviously at the point where we're trying to build it up again but our inventory was the lowest it's been so it was kind of like eh, we don't really need as much space to store inventory right. I mean we definitely have more than enough space in our garage like we'll we'll yeah. be okay but but yeah I mean when you're sending a majority of your stuff to an Amazon warehouse you don't really need the space in your home. <laughs> right. I mean, you need yeah. space to process it, but that's about it. It's in and out, you know, as soon as it gets delivered to your house. Yeah. That is the benefit of selling on Amazon. Okay. And then thinking about, you know, that time period, again, these past three and a half years, do you feel like when you think about the pandemic and how it affected your business, do you think it was a positive effect? Do you think it, there was a negative effect? Like how, how do you walk away feeling about that time period? I think it overall was positive. It, it forced us to get out of our comfort zone and try new things. And I mean, I, I, I know you'll probably agree with this, but during that time, we were so thankful to have this job mm-hmm. just because so many people couldn't make an income for months, year, like a year, you know, and just having the ability to make any income during that time was a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, having 
having a pandemic really, really threw a wrench into uh, some plans, but also <laughs> it makes you pivot and figure out a new way to make money. And I don't know. I don't know if we would have really like dove into Amazon or tried something new if we didn't kind of feel forced out of our comfort zone. Right. Uh, so I think overall it was positive. Yeah. I think it, I think it was good. And then in looking kind of to the future, right. You said that you guys have made this decision to back away from Amazon and really focus back on eBay, you know, and now the, the new part about it is that you're a parent, right. And, and life changes when you have a kid. Sure so how, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where do you see, you know, the future of your reselling business going or how do you see it evolving, you know, from this point forward, but also evolving differently than it would have three or four years ago? Okay. So our, our eBay business in general has like changed a little bit because like we, when we talked three and a half years ago, <laughs> I had a lister, which I love her dearly. She's one of our close family friends, but they don't live here anymore. Oh. They moved. So it's just, it's just me, myself and I <laughs> Yeah, most, most of the listing. And I've, I've thought about hiring. Like I have some neighbors that they've told me they would work for me in a heartbeat. And I think I might have to take them up on it, but for the last few months, it's well, they moved about six months ago. It's just been me and my virtual assistant, which has literally changed my business. I've had virtual assistants before, but my virtual assistant now, I actually used <laughs> Denali. I'm going to plug your course <laughs> on you. uh, hiring a virtual assistant. And I use your spreadsheet to, uh, I guess, do my, my mini drafts. I call it, I can literally crank out like a hundred items in like less than two hours on there mm -hmm. just by doing like the measurements and, you know, saying the brand and, you know, the, the item type, the color, whatever he constructs all the drafts on eBay. He finds every stock photo imaginable. He finds the style names. I, this, this man can find every, every Lululemon style <laughs> there ever was. <laughs> I always joke. I'm like, he's way better at my job than I am, but <laughs> he really is. So I don't know. I think I, I would like to have someone do like photography, but we'll see. I mean, we, the, the last few months we've, I don't know, we've not had an issue getting inventory, but I just have not had enough inventory that I felt I needed somebody to help me. Yeah. Um, but just in the last week, we did a very big buyout from a local reseller, one of my bin friends. Uh, so make friends with the bins, guys. We bought <laughs> we bought twenty seven hundred items. Wow! From we bought out all their inventory because they're just getting they're getting out of the reseller game. They want to move. They're just over it. Yeah they they also have six kids, so I don't even know how they have the time how they have the time. Yeah. Blow my mind that they were even doing it for that long. Yeah. We bought 2,700 items off of them for, for a price. You will not believe $3,000 for 2,700 items. And it's all, oh, wow. It's all stuff that like, we like to sell Patagonia, like a Goldie wow. mother. It's, it's good stuff. But now that we, now that we have a garage full of inventory that needs to be listed, to give you perspective, our listings right now are probably the lowest they've been 
just because I have not been listing a ton and also, uh, stuff has been selling, which is good. Mm-hmm. But we're at like 1100 active, which is the lowest I think I've been since I was going like hard, hard into Amazon. So I really want to get that number up to like, shh, well, we got 2,700 items to list. So I'm hoping <laughs> to get it up to at least like 2,500 in the next few months. But yeah, that'll probably require, I mean, a lot of work from my husband right now. He's not doing taxes. So mm-hmm. he will be, uh, he will be happy to list. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I don't know, I I might hire a couple more virtual assistants, maybe somebody in person. I don't know. I think a lot of people can relate right now. I'm just really trying to like keep my spending more skinny, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, I don't, I don't think now is the time to be making, at least for us. I mean, you know, other people can do whatever they want, but just for us right now, I don't want to be spending, you know thousands and thousands on hiring people and mm-hmm. buy I mean we just spent three thousand on inventory so that, I mean that was a decent chunk but for the, <laughs> amount of stuff, for the amount of stuff we got it's not bad we need to focus on getting that stuff listed and see where we're at <laughs> it's, I also have been trying to get into print on demand on Etsy and I say trying because I have made a bunch of stuff and nothing has sold yet so I don't really know what I'm doing <laughs> But someday I'm hoping when we have our podcast update and hopefully it's yep. for years that I'll be yep. like, I'm selling 20,000 a month on Etsy from downloadable products. Right. I literally just wrote down the same thing. I was like, if someday in the future, when we follow up, yes, your statement will have changed. <laughs> like, I honestly just enjoy like designing stuff like that. So that's why I'm like, I don't even care that nothing is sold. I'm having a good time, but, <laughs> but also yeah, I'm just like, there is a lot of software and like websites and apps that are out there to help you research like popular tags and trending, you know, trending products on Etsy, whether it's wedding invites or planners, or it, it doesn't have to be just t-shirts. And that's kind of what I want to get into. So yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I will figure it out <laughs> <laughs> like we always do. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So that's, that's well, kind of the direction we're going okay yeah well first off I didn't I don't know if I knew that you took my course so thank you I appreciate that plug very nice (laughs) but but I you know kind of what you said about having a great VA you kind of gushed about them that they do a lot of the work and that they're almost like um, a a better lister than you are I feel the same way And, and and I think that's because you know a lot of times especially if you're you hire in a virtual assistant who has experience, right? They've been doing this for a while. I mean, this is their job, right? If you only had one job and that was to draft listings, you're going to get really good at it, you know, and you've probably seen a lot and you're probably really amazing at using tools like, I mean, just Google, right? Google lens, Google search. I mean, yeah, you're probably pretty proficient in it. So I feel similarly about my VA. When you said, when you said he, I was like, oh, okay, we don't have the same VA. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and he is a he and he is amazing. I love him. And I, even if I was to try and do a listing myself, I just feel like it doesn't even compare. Like he, right. he gets the keywords, he gets, he, he just, he gets it all. So I'm like, why yeah. would I just pay him to do it? 
exactly. Yeah, no, I get it. And it, and it saves you time, right? It just frees you up from doing one other thing. Um, your buyout, that was amazing. I mean, you, you, you didn't say the number at first and I was thinking a dollar a piece. And then when you said 3000, I'm like, well, okay, yeah, that's it. So that, that's amazing for given the brands that you mentioned, because I mean, certainly, you know, buyouts can happen between resellers, but to get, you know, a higher caliber of merchandise and items that you would have handpicked yourself at that price is kind of amazing. Even if you can argue, well, maybe you would have gotten it a little bit cheaper if you got it at the bins yourself. But that's the point is that you didn't, right? Somebody's Mm -hmm. already thrifted these items for you. Yeah. Now you just have to process them. That's valuable in itself. And that's why I can, I could see the appeal of wholesale because time is money and you know, yeah. how much time would I spend at the bins to get 2,700 items? A lot. Right. And to get all those specific ones that you wanted. I mean, you can't, it's hard to even quantify that amount of time. It would be possibly months, you know, in thinking about eBay and getting back into eBay, you know, I'm sure that people have reached out to you in your time on social media, asking you, you know, I want to start selling on eBay. How do I start selling on eBay? And I I think that there is some universal advice that can be given, but I think one common theme is just, and I'm wondering if you'll agree with this, but it's kind of like habit-based, you know, the activity that you put into eBay is kind of what you see out of it. And so, you know, I guess to share a little bit here, what what are your habits, Savannah? Because I think that you and I have talked about this in the past. And so I kind of, you know, I, I know some of the habits that you've had in the past, but what are your habits when it comes to eBay? Like, what are your rules of thumb when it comes to listing and putting up new items for yourself? No, I know it's, it's definitely eBay is eBay loves consistency. And if you fall off, like being consistent on eBay, like you will feel it. And I think like anyone that sells a lot on eBay will agree. Like you have to (laughs) feed the beast, so they say. But in the past, I've listed about 200. I try to list like 200 items a week. I'm not doing that every week, but I try to do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, you know, sometimes life gets a little crazy, but I try to at least be listing like, you know, 40, 40 40-ish items a day. And that might seem like a lot to some people, but when you have someone constructing your listings for you, I really only have to focus on like taking the pictures and doing a very quick, you know, measurement and stuff. But like I said, I can get like a hundred items done in, in that spreadsheet in like under two hours. Like it's, it's just so repetitive to me at this point, Yeah, that, you know, it's like, all right, does this item have any flaws? What's the waste? What's the inseam? What's, you know, it's just, it's just quick. And honestly, yeah, honestly, having that virtual assistant has, it's completely changed my ability to be able to list that many items because I I would never be able to do that without him. Just it being Mm -hmm. myself, you know, me, myself and I taking pictures, sourcing and whatever. But, but yeah, my, my sourcing schedule, I usually only, I still like source one day a week. I don't know if I'll have to do that for the, for the foreseeable future, because I have 2,700 items in my garage, right? but but yeah, usually I'll, I'll source one day a week for, I mean, it depends if the bins are good, you know, some days it's not even worth staying, but (laughs) I, I still live an hour away. It's not an hour and a half, but still it's like a good hour. 
So I'll go down there for at least like, you know, six hours typically. And usually Mm -hmm. that's enough time for me to get like a hundred pounds of good inventory. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's honestly just like rinse and repeat, like week after week. It's, it's, you know, when you've been doing this for this long, it's like, you kind of know what you're looking for. And I mean, every once in a while you find like those exciting, exciting items, but for the, for the most part, it's like bread and butter items that I'm just finding week after week that those pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. No, it, it's totally true. And you said, you know, you're shooting for 200 items a week and that for you equates to about 40 items a day. So, I mean, obviously doing the quick math on that, we're looking at five days a week of listing. Yeah. So you're, ta- you're giving yourself two days off. Uh, I wouldn't say they're days off, but that's <laughs> <usually> days <laughs> from listing, I guess. I'm like, what is a day off? Um, right. I mean, obviously like I'm spending time with my son during the day. Yes. Too. I'm not just, I'm not nonstop working all those five days. Um, I'm usually able to get my work done, honestly, like probably in three hours, three hours worth a day. Mm-hmm. which is lovely. Like what other job can you say that you work three hours a day and can make good income? <laughs> like, it's Right. Pretty rare. I mean, there's definitely days where I work more than others, but yeah, one of those days a week is usually dedicated to sourcing or washing inventory and, you know, doing all that fun stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, I try to be as consistent as possible, but you know, some weeks I'm not hitting 200, some weeks I'm hitting more than 200, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I try to stay around there, but I don't know. I think like there's other ways to be consistent on eBay too. Like I'm sending out offers to watchers every single day. I'm always making sure I have a sale running on my store, even if it's like 15% off and mm-hmm. so typically only run a sale for a few weeks and uh, then end it and restart it because I do think that matters. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I promote listings, which I cannot say enough about. I think that's worth every penny. <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you'd agree, Denali. I don't know. Do you I do. Listings? Yeah. No, okay. I do. <laughs> because I'm like, at least for the stuff that I'm selling, you know, of course I get those exciting items that don't, don't need to be promoted. But for right. the most part, I'm selling, you know, free people made well, you know, ma- not mall brands, I guess like mall brands, but yeah, stuff that a lot of other people are selling. And the reality is there's a lot of people reselling, especially right now, like reselling is, I feel like in the last like year and a half, like it's, it's kind of had like another resurgence, especially mm-hmm. with like TikTok and yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like I price my items accordingly, knowing I'm going to promote them at a higher rate, but I really think that matters on eBay. I've, I've tried ending my promoted listings or even like making it a very low promoted listing and it's just not worth it. I'd rather pay the promoted listing fees and sell more things. And yeah, I mean, if, if I didn't have access to a lot of inventory, maybe my mindset would be different. Right. But there's always more stuff. So, (laughs) yeah. And when you, you know, talking about promoted listings and, you know, you asked if I agreed and I do agree. And obviously like this is Savannah's experience. This is my experience. This is not like, doesn't make it, you know, the final answer on promoted listings, but this is at all. (laughs) Yeah. But this is right. What we do. And you said you played around with it. I have as well. I have noticed that when I've completely taken it away, 
then my sales are almost completely taken away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's, yeah. So that's, again, our experience with this, not everyone's experience. You also said you've played around with the percentage and that you feel better at a one rate than the other. I'm guessing that you're alluding to the trending rate. Yep. I do. I do like one to 2% above trending. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm probably somewhere in or around, I think I'm at trending rate. I don't know if I do one or 2% above. I'm like, now I'm going to go in and check. Cause I got to make sure I'm one or 2% above Savannah. <laughs> He's like, now I'm going to do three. <laughs> no, I mean, and honestly the promoted, like it can be high on certain items. I'm not going to lie. Like when I see like a 14% promoted listing fee, I'm like, Ooh, that kind of hurts. Right. But also it would hurt more if that item was just sitting in my inventory for months and months and not making me money. So yeah, if, if I had a lot more money invested into these items, maybe my, you know, my way of selling them would be different, but the reality is a lot of these items I have like maybe a dollar invested in (laughs) because most of them are from the bins and I just have to keep that in mind. Like I just have, just have to keep it moving. And those making sales just in general helps you with the eBay algorithm. So yeah, it's, it's worth it in my opinion, but yeah, like Denali said, it's not one size fits all. If you don't, don't promote your listings and you're seeing sales that you're happy with then go off because you know, don't pay extra fees if you don't need to. But if you do feel like you're selling items that are more common and you're not seeing the sales that you'd like, just like play around with it and see, see if it makes sense for your business. And yeah, if it does. And and to get a little perspective, I'm just curious, is there a average sale price that you're kind of looking for on your items? Like when you're at the bins and you're kind of sorting through stuff and looking up comps, you know, what is, what is the average sale price that you're looking for just for, to kind of give that perspective for people who are listening, who are thinking about when we're talking about promoted listings and, you know, potentially 14% or something like that. Yeah. Usually I want to pick up items that are like $30 and up. Got it. Um, But you know, that sometimes they, they end up lower than that, (laughs) but I, I try to stay around like that $30 mark where even with my sale that I run constantly, those items will be at about $30. But yeah, I also send out offers to watchers. So that obviously will decrease, decrease the price a little bit too. But I don't know. I I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's like the 15 to $20 items at the end of the day that like will pay our bills because yeah. if, you, if you sell enough of those, <laughs> they, they add up, but ideally just for the time, you know, that's put into each item. I'd like them to sell for, you know, about $30 or more. Right. And then in thinking about Poshmark, I mean, are you, as you re-enter eBay, are you thinking about how can I make Poshmark a more substantial part of my business? Yeah. I, Poshmark has always been, it's just not, it's just not been what uh, eBay has been for us, but I don't, I'm like very impressed by these people doing live shows on Poshmark. Mm-hmm. And I would love to like have that be successful for me. I know you tried whatnot a couple times, Nolly. I think I remember being in a few of your mm-hmm. shows. And it's, it's just hard for me to give away items to get, not give away items. But yeah. I know what you're saying. Kind of, kind of, but yeah, there's some people that are like really killing it selling, you know, clothing like you and I sell. 
Mm-hmm. But I just have a really hard time selling stuff for like seven dollars. <laughs> right. I don't know, but I would love to make just our normal Poshmark, you know, work work better for us. I mean, we use Posher VA. Posher VA has changed Poshmark for us in general. I mean, our sales have at least doubled since uh using Posher VA to send out offers and share our closet, but I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I would love for Poshmark to like compete with our eBay sales. I just, I just don't know how to make that happen. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Well, you know, it kind of leads me into my next question, which we've touched on a little bit being, you know, what plans do you have for yourself in 2023? And you did mention the print on demand, which I think is really cool. And three and a half years from now, when you and I talk in 26, no, 2026, I almost said 2016. When we talk in 2026, I'm going to be excited. Maybe it'll be 2027 if it's three and a half years. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like so far away. I know. I know. (laughs) When you have, you know, this amazing Etsy business, I'm excited to hear more about how you made your first million doing that, but (laughs) I sure sure hope so. (laughs) But you mentioned just now, you know, whatnot and posh shows and just the concept of live selling, you know, just as you said, you popped into one of my live shows when I did them last summer, I certainly was in your live shows as well. And I think that you and I had a similar sentiment or still have a similar sentiment in that, you know, the selling price of some of the items is just not where we needed it to be. Do you see your brand during it at all in this next year? Or are you just, are you on a a pause from it? Well, now that we have 2,700 items in our garage, I'm a little bit more encouraged. Yeah, you <laughs> certainly have the items. And that's, and that's really what it came down to is like my time to be able to source inventory is pretty limited. And I mean, I think at least a lot of the people I see on whatnot and uh, Poshmark live, a lot of them, they buy pallets of inventory. So I guess if you, if you're seeing the return you need to on that, if I'm spending $5,000 on a pallet, there's no way I could sell an item for $7. I just couldn't. But I mean, there's people on there that they have the ability to buy these pallets and the price makes sense for them to sell it on these live shows. So, but what it really came down to for me is I don't have all the time in the world to source. I only have so much inventory. So therefore I'm, I'm trying to get as much for that inventory as possible and selling it in live shows was just not, not doing it. (laughs) I mean, I, we, uh, we had a good time on whatnot before we moved because I was in that mindset of we're moving and I don't want to move, you know, a ton of inventory, even though we were moving like 30 minutes away, but still I'm like, we hired movers. They charge you, you know, (laughs) by the amount of stuff and how long it takes. So I was really in the mindset of, you know, if I, if I lose a little bit of money on this item, it's okay. Cause then I'll make some money on this item and it'll kind of average out. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we did pretty decent on there, but I don't know. I think even people that still sell on whatnot, like weekly would agree. I don't know about posh shows. I, I really don't know that many people that saw on Poshmark live. Honestly, it's more on whatnot, but there has been a decrease. Um, even in the people that like sell on there, I wouldn't say religiously, but at least weekly, 
Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's kind of like discouraging. I, I mean, maybe I'll try. I think my last (laughs) for some transparency, I did a whatnot show. Oh gosh. It was probably like four months ago, just like out of the blue decided to go on there and sell some stuff. I think I made $40. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) For how long? Yeah. What? For how long were you live? Oh gosh, probably like an hour or so, but I will like, I had a lot of items and I pretty much was just, you know, does anyone want to run this? No. Okay. And it was just kind of awkward, but also a waste of time to be honest. Yeah. So it's like, that is like discouraging me to like try again, but I know there's people that have changed their entire business on whatnot. Like, you know, there's, there's people that are doing great on there and are seeing more sales than they ever have on Poshmark or eBay. Do you feel like, you know, when you shifted from eBay to Amazon, right, you changed up your entire business model. And because of that, Amazon was very successful for you guys. Do you feel, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but with the live selling, do you feel like that just has to become a new business model? Like you kind of have to be all in one or all in the other. Like, do you think that a balance can exist in there? Because I, for myself personally, I think that for myself to be successful, I would maybe have to choose one or the other because I'm just not otherwise great at managing my time to kind of do it all. I honestly do feel that way because a lot of people like praise live selling for how quickly you can sell items and how much less time it takes, but it is time consuming (laughs) to put together a show with like that many items. And then, and then what if the items don't sell or what if even half of them don't sell and like Mm -hmm. your time, those listings don't just like, you know, I mean, you can save them and put them in another show if they don't sell, but I, I don't know. And I also, yeah, I, I agree. First of all, I agree. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't think I'd be able to do both efficiently. Like I feel like our eBay would significantly suffer if I was to devote more time mm-hmm. to live selling. And so it, it would have to pick up the slack and I, it just, it just in my experience, it has not done that for me, but I also have not put in the time that some of these people are, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of these people are on whatnot multiple times a week and, or Poshmark live. And, uh, they are, you know, changing their business model to be focused on live selling and it's, it's reflecting in their numbers. So it's, it's hard to say, I'm not willing to risk my eBay and <laughs> at this yeah. point to try it out, but I'd, I'd love to make it like a small part of our business, but it's hard. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I mean, it, you know, I think it boils down to what you said, which is time, right? I mean, time is really limited and it's kind of like, where do you want to put the focus at in your business when you have limited time? You know, you're running this as, you know, your full-time income and you're a mom and you're also trying to maybe have a little bit of a social life somewhere in there. And so, right. right, So how do you have, how do you put out, and there's, this isn't necessarily a question, more of a statement. How do you put out 200 listings a week, but then at the same time, make time to do, you know, three, two hour, whatnot shows a week. Mm -hmm. And the the thing with like live selling is you have to be present making those sales. When you, when you list on eBay, 
I can list my 200 items and be at the zoo with my kid on the weekend and I'm selling, you know, $300 worth of stuff while I'm at the zoo. Like you can't do that. <laughs> you can't, right. li- you could live sell from the zoo. Maybe. I don't know how that would work, but, <laughs> but like, I mean, I-, I wouldn't say eBay is passive income. Don't get me wrong. But after you right. have stuff listed, it kind of is like, you know, you're making yeah. sales while you're at the grocery store, while you're at dinner, you can't do that with live selling. You have to be present for t- two hours or ho- however long that sale ends up being. And, uh, I mean, the money you make is, you know, while you're, while your face is in front of that camera, it's not, it's not being, you know, you're not making sales while you're just doing everyday stuff. And that's one of the beautiful things about eBay, <laughs> especially when you have <laughs> a kid and a family and, you know, there's other stuff I have to do. I got, got laundry for days, right. <laughs> you know, stuff to be doing. It's nice for your work that you've done days or even weeks or months before to pay off while you're doing everyday stuff. And that, that's just one thing. Yeah. I mean, when you're live selling, you devote, you know, a day or whatever to it, but but then you got to do it again. And you also have right. to get ready to be in front of a camera. Yep. You my, do. My yeah. EBay, right. Like, yeah, my can, eBay account can... doesn't judge me when I have my messy bun. <laughs> I was just about to <laughs> say that. I was like, right, you can, you can be in your bed listing for, for eBay. And I mean, sure, exactly. certainly you could do a whatnot show in front of, uh, or in your bed as well, but you know, yeah, it might be a little bit weirder. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. Though I'm sure some people have done it. I don't know. Sometimes Probably. I see screenshots, you know, that people will post. And I'm like, huh, that's an interesting way to, <laughs> to do a show. I, I'm sure, I'm sure people have done it, but uh, yeah. I, could just, I could just imagine the Instagrams going wild if I was to appear how I do well. <laughs> <laughs> my listings. So, right, right. Yeah. yeah so I, I think that, you know, the live selling is great. I do think that there is, I think we can both agree here that there is a future that we don't even know about yet that will continue to evolve in live selling. It is a viable business model, but at the end of the day, I think it, what we both agree on is it is just a business model. And whether you choose to just put up listings on eBay or Poshmark, or you choose to do live shows, I mean, it all is just going to take time and it's just, where are you going to devote your time and being able to find, you know, if you want to do both, um, being able to find that balance and you and I just haven't made it there yet. <laughs> no, like maybe someday, but yeah. I'm not in a huge hurry. I will say that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I'm with you. I agree. Okay. Well, my last question for you, Savannah is if you could go back in time to November, 2019, when we last recorded, what piece of advice would you give yourself that you feel like would have been useful to guide you through these past three and a half years? Oh, this is, you sent me the questions and this one I struggled with. (laughs) I'm not good at giving advice in general, especially advice. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I will say my main piece of advice that I would have liked to have given myself before we started our Amazon journey is to not invest so much money into products that you find on Amazon groups, Mm, (laughs) Amazon, mm -hmm. Amazon lead groups. There's a lot of them that exist. You know, there's, there's, uh, and most of these groups have hundreds, if not a thousand people in them. 
And when you're given a lead in those groups, it can be very enticing to, you know, go heavy on one of those leads. And it very quickly gets saturated because there's hundreds, if not a thousand people also shopping for that same lead. And unfortunately, something we realized with Amazon, especially the products that we found and some of these are not found, but were recommended by uh, some Amazon groups is that it was a race to the bottom. And so you had all this money invested in a product and people are just trying to offload it as quickly as they can. And it ends up, I mean, definitely for a handful of those products, we, we lost money on them. And that's not, you know, that's not what any business wants to do, but especially when you're spending hundreds or thousands of dollars on inventory for Amazon. So I would just, yeah, I would tell myself to tread lightly with that. It's, it can be very easy to see a product that in that moment is making good money for somebody, but it can very quickly go south (laughs) when when lots of people shopping for the same. Well, I was going to say, you know, how do you find good groups? I mean, do good groups exist? Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. So the first, when we first started on Amazon, I say we, my husband, it was mainly, mainly me, but, (laughs) but he helped with the Amazon FBA shipments. But the first group we were in was very small. Like it was limited to under 25 people. Okay. Um, And so, and the, the leader, I guess you can say of that group, (laughs) he was making sure that people weren't tanking listings. If you, if you tanked a listing, you were out of the group. And yeah. So, and he was, he was checking people's stores and yeah, which was at first I was like, that's a little militant, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it ended up being good for everyone involved because you don't want anyone's money that's on the line to be messed with. And if some, if someone, someone's not going to share a lead with you, if they know it's going to end up like making them lose money, why would they share? So it it created that atmosphere where people were willing to share good selling leads because um, they weren't afraid of, first of all, of hundreds of people getting them, but also, um, yeah, I mean, you could share those leads and you would, you would know that the inventory you currently had on hand was not going to tank and wasn't going to, you know, go down in price a bunch, but there's, there are so many Amazon lead groups, but I think it's really important to stay in the ones that are smaller and Mm -hmm. that that will cap the group at a certain amount of people. Um, And that's something I would ask, like before you even join a group is how many people are in this group or if, I mean, I don't know if, if every group leader, if you can call them that is going to be looking at everyone's stores, you know, probably not. But there's a lot of Amazon groups out there that have way too many people in them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. those are not just, just don't, they can be appealing, maybe join them so you can learn how to sell on Amazon if that's what you want to do. But if you're going in there strictly to get leads, which is pretty much what I wanted, because <laughs> I knew how to sell on Amazon at that point, but you just have to tread lightly because when there's a group of that many people, there's going to be there's going to be people that uh, drop the price on listings and kind of ruin the market value for everyone else. It's just, it's inevitable when there's that many people. So yeah, I don't know. Just, just do research into the size of the group. Yeah. yeah, No, that makes sense to ask questions. I mean, I think, you know, especially because these groups cost money, right? I'm 
Okay. Got it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be putting money into something, I think that that's a valid question. You should know that. And, and it's probably not something people think of initially. I mean, I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, if anything, I probably would have looked at a group that has thousands of members and thought, oh, that's great. Like there's lots of people in there sharing information. Yeah. You, you would think, but a lot of people are usually in those groups for the same reason I was, and that's to get leads, not to, not not to to share them. And unfortunately when you're in a group that's that large and you have experience where you go super heavy and spend a lot of money in a product and you end up losing money on it, it, it makes you not want to share any good leads with that group. Cause why, why would you, you know? Right. It's like, if, if any lead that I've purchased ends up tanking, why would I share the good leads I have just for them to tank, you know? So it, it kind of discourages that, uh, community, I guess, but, but I will say now <laughs> I am, I am in a very great group <laughs> with Cindy, amazing taste store. Um, and her group is not, it's not lead generation based. So if that's, you know, what you're looking for, I mean, there, there is some leads, but it really is more of just a community, not just around Amazon. It's around reselling print on demand, um, a bunch of different side hustles in the, in the reselling realm. But I think it's important just to have a community of people to encourage you when, when you have a Vero on eBay or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like inevitably things go wrong in business. And it's, it's just nice to have people, a community to, you know, support you through that and to ask questions from people that have been selling on eBay or these platforms way longer than you. And I don't know, it's, it's important. And it's, I think it's very valuable just to have that community. And I, that community used, I say used, I don't think it exists on Instagram anymore, unfortunately. I mean, there's definitely people that try to share information, but I don't know. I think it's just find, find your group of people and Mm-hmm. find your support system and it, it really helps on the days where you're not motivated to list or to you know in Cindy's group for example she has eBay listing challenges and stuff like that just it it, it can be some days you know you're you're your only coworker like you know, right it, you if you're not intrinsically self-motivated it can be hard or even if you are i mean everyone has their days where they just would rather lay in bed and not do stuff Mm-hmm. but it's yeah having that community is it's important whether you sell on amazon ebay just it just in general i mean sorry my dog is sneezing <laughs> <laughs> wait, uh, wait 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 i have to ask you you know i i have to ask about your dog is it my favorite dog is it Ruger? Yes. Well, the, the doodle. Is it yes, the doodle? that's the golden doodle. <laughs> we, we, now, we now have two doodles. The other one's crazy and like six months old. You have two doodles now? Oh, okay. Well, you I have need three to see the other one. But we live in a constant state of chaos. Well, I love it. I, I'm an animal lover. Just oh, for I fun, know. Savannah, will you indulge me and the listeners in the fire story? Oh my God. <laughs> Okay. So our golden doodle, he was probably like two years old at this point. And my best friend was over and we were just chatting on the couch, whatever. I had a candle lit on the uh, coffee table, (laughs) you know, just, (laughs) just to have the vibe. So it doesn't smell like dog in my house. (laughs) And the golden doodle, um, 
was hanging out near the coffee table. We were like talking and all of a sudden we both smell burning, burning hair. Burning hair has a very distinct, uh, distinct smell. <laughs> yeah. And we look over and the golden doodle, his, t- he has long hair on his tail. Okay. It did not burn his tail. His tail <laughs> was on fire <laughs> because he had wagged his tail into the table. <gasps> Oh no. And, yeah. It was just, I remember you posting about it on Instagram and it was just like the most crazy, ridiculous story. And everything never... he does is crazy and ridiculous. If he's not, if he's not catching himself on fire, he's eating an entire loaf of bread off the counter. That's, I remember that too. That's the other reason. Yes. He's just my, he's my favorite dog that I've never met. He loves carbs like more than well, human, that's probably why I like him. Yeah, I'm like, I can relate, but he, uh, <laughs> we have to hide any kind of bread or pastry or cookie. <laughs> they all have to go on top of the fridge or in the microwave when we're not home or, or sticks of now sticks of butter. He d- oh my gosh. <laughs> he will also eat an entire stick of butter. He's, so yeah. he knows the good stuff. Yeah. And he, you know, golden doodles, they're, they're tall. So yes, he's, he's basically at counter height without even jumping up. Right. He knows that. Uh, oh, yeah, there he is. He's yeah, he's, he's but yeah, he, he knows that he can access the bread, and he will do so. <laughs> right, and he's cute, and he'll get away with it. Okay, well, thank uh, yeah, you for he, that sidetrack there. But he is cute. <laughs> what you were saying, what you're kind of ending with there about finding your group of people, I think is just great advice in starting your reselling journey in general, because especially, right, if you're coming to social media to find your new coworkers, because you're probably not going to find them as much offline. I mean, you could luck out and find some friends at the thrift store or the bins, the bins. Yeah. I think you would, well, like my bins, I, it's like a family, like I I love everyone there. (laughs) Yeah. There's definitely a sense of community more so there than you're maybe going to get at the thrift store because you're just the people at the thrift store aren't besides the employees they're not necessarily there every day you could start to recognize some people yeah there's regular people there all the time it's like you know you're always seeing the same familiar faces right exactly so I think that you know if you don't get it in real life finding kind of your your group online is really important and those are going to be the people who you know whether you pay to enter a group or you don't pay to enter a group. I don't think that there's one is right or wrong. I think that, yeah, yeah, you can pay for information and that's totally fine as well. But yeah, it's just really important because those are going to be the people who are going to answer questions or support you or give you new ideas or challenge you in different ways to think different things. So yeah, I think that's a really great piece of advice. And if it's going to be an Amazon group, make it under 25. (laughs) Yeah. Make, make sure it's a smaller group. <laughs> yeah, make sure it's a, that you know everybody's name. <laughs> yeah. That, that actually is a good tip. There you go. Yeah. They're okay. All right. We've added a layer to it. Well, thank you so much, Savannah. This has been such a fun conversation to have. Of course, you and I have chatted throughout the years and I've seen your life and business evolve, but I wanted to have this opportunity to record again with you and just hear a little bit more about it and, and kind of share this update with everybody on where you're at. And the best part about doing this podcast, I think, is having this opportunity to do these update episodes with people um, 
to just see how things have changed. And, and like we said, you know, 2027, you're going to be the Etsy millionaire. (laughs) That'll be the title of the episode. (laughs) Print on demand millionaire. Print on demand millionaire, (laughs) self-made overnight success. Oh my gosh. I love thank it. You but thank you for having me. It was, it was yes. always so fun talking with you. Well, you know, I love you just as a person, but thank you for having me. So, well, and you know, I feel the same way you and the doodle and the rest yes. of the family. <laughs> you need to meet him someday. Now we have a house with a guest room. So you there know. you go. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've been to, I was at your wedding, so I know, <laughs> right. It only seems appropriate that I come to the house at this point. So, yes. all right, well, that'll be next. Yeah, you're welcome anytime. You and Ty, okay. bring Ty. <laughs> oh, sound done deal. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I will talk with you soon. All right. Sounds good. All righty. Bye. Thanks again to Savannah for being on this week's episode of the podcast. Again, you can find Savannah on Instagram under the username Street Savvy, and all of that information will be in the show notes of this episode for you. As we conclude this episode, I'd like to take a moment to honor and acknowledge Memorial Day weekend. This weekend serves as a time to remember and pay tribute to the brave individuals who made the ultimate sacrifice while serving in the armed forces of our country. Their selflessness and dedication remind us of the true meaning of patriotism and the cost of freedom. Today, we express our deepest gratitude to all of those who have served and remember those who have given their lives in service to our nation. May their sacrifice never be forgotten.